You're listening to the Pitch Invasion Podcast, the podcast for football tribalists. Okay, we're back. It's the second half of the show. Unfortunately, I couldn't substitute Amika. He's still here with us. But uh, on top of the table, man, <laughs> you can't. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Liverpool are there to stay, so you can't get rid of me. Come on, Sete. Uh, speaking about City, let's just touch on uh, the Premier League. Um, they had a good result against Arsenal. Some people will say it was a predictable result. Me as an Arsenal fan, still in pain. But anyway. City are still in there, Amika. I know Liverpool are on top of the log, but you know you can't uh, escape the fact that you know City are chomping at your heels, and they're looking like you know if you guys miss up or slip up in some way, they could be in there as well. You know, everyone always looks at City like they're some kind of infallible uh, uh, team. We 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 all they are the defending champions. Yes, you know? I agree. Everyone thought you know they were they were gonna crush everybody they have suddenly found their they've learned from their mistakes uh, they won't lose any more games and then we saw what happened against against Newcastle even the game against Arsenal well. yeah no I don't even want to go that, go that far but I'm saying against Newcastle yeah. they were leading comfortably and then suddenly everything went south you know against Arsenal if Arsenal showed a bit of heart mm. in that game so say they, pra- they probably would have gotten something out of it because yes the goals that City scored they were they were very similar and and very you know, almost like they they, they 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 had practiced it so much, and for some reason, when Emery just couldn't. They all came out. from the right hand side. Exactly, Emery couldn't figure out how to get how to stop uh, that. But that that's not taking away anything from City. City, for me, I think probably one of the best teams, or if not the best team in the world right now. Um, they do, however, uh, look like you know they don't want to give up this this chase without without um, uh, a fight. And with Liverpool being so unfortunate with injuries at the with, to a lot of the defenders now Joe Gomez has to go uh, for, for second for, opinion for surgery. and then yeah. people are you know saying you know what well, club should have maybe bought some players in the general transfer window and for some weird reason he let uh, Nathaniel Klein go and then he's struggling with who's playing right back it's pretty difficult to to look at it but uh, you know we'll never know until end of end of May if he was right or if um, you know, he will he will rule not making making use of those decisions. But you know, looking at it right now, I think that the team that has impressed me the most is Tottenham. Uh, they, they just keep grinding results. Lost, no Kane, no they've Ellie. Lost, they've lost six games. Son was out for uh, some Son time. Son was out for some time, and you know, um, somehow I think Pochettino is beginning to look like. Someone who knew what he was saying he, when he said is something. He, is about, he back in the, in the discussion for the man not to job off? Well, I mean, he said before. something something that was really criticised. You know, a little over a week ago, where he said uh, they got cra- they crashed out of the cup and he was saying, you know, the main challenge is is the league. And then you look at Tottenham overnight; they are, you know, they were a point behind. In fact, they were actually above City before City won the game against Arsenal, yeah. which says that you know Tottenham are in the conversation. Uh, because what they do is that yes, they don't draw games. So even when they lose one game, they are they yet to draw this year. They haven't drawn yet. So which means that if, if they if they lose one game and they're able to get a win, it kind of leaves them you know further up up the the table. So it's become a case of where you have three teams battling for the title now, and then have uh, another three trying to get into the you know have Chelsea, Manchester United, and and Arsenal battling to get into the top the, the top four. Whereas the other three are pretty much uh, challenging for 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 the title, which 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 gives us, um, you know, a, a very good finish to the season, you know, and not like last season where Man City were were home and dry in, in a long way before the end of the season. So um, I'm, I'm I'm loving the way the way it's ending, ending, even though I think that 
the pressure on, on Liverpool will begin to tell. And I must say, you know, it's almost been an insult that we've gone, you know, for such a large part of the season saying two-horse race. And, you know, little old Tottenham, they have just been forgotten as if, like, you know, they they haven't put in results themselves. I mean, they were above Man, um, Man City coming into uh, the game over the weekend. So I think that discussion needs to now be open that it actually is a three um, horse uh, no, race for this yep. title. Now, the other interesting, obviously, side to um, the picture in the Premier League is obviously the battle for the fourth spot. Um, we saw Higuain, uh, you know, really <laughs> put on an impressive debut, scoring two. And, you know, that's made it interesting now because Arsenal lost and Chelsea United won. won. Chelsea won. And you have Chelsea still have to play United. And Chelsea have City in the next coming, I think, in the fortnight's time, the next game. So this top four is becoming interesting. In fact, you know, just to break it even bigger, I I must say, I don't think I I can remember any league anywhere in the world where the top six, right, has been as good as what we're seeing now in England. This is what makes the Premier League... uh, I mean, this six now, any of these... I mean, you look at these six teams now... You know, Spurs being a, a relatively young into this mix, right? Any of these six teams now, they've all either been into a European final or won a European final. Yes. So you look at all the other leagues in, in, in Europe, and we're talking about in the last 15 yeah, years. Yeah, but, but you also see see how over the last two, three seasons, you find like four English teams go through to the knockout stage. Yeah. You know, and even this season, you are, you have in the, in the knockout stage, you still have Spurs, you have Man, Man, Man United, you have Man City, and you have Liverpool all... All truth. That this is a. Do you think that will be the top four? Um, Man United, honestly, the way they are going, if, if they look like like they they could, they could go all the way into that into that top four. Mm. Because then you start looking back at those games. I think it was was it Brighton where they lost early in the season, the West Ham game. I saw a table that shows um, all the performance of all the teams since Ole Gunnar was appointed. Man United have won more. Yeah, they're at the top. Than everyone. In fact, funny enough, they won 22 points. Liverpool have only won 13. Wow. Which is kind of 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 strange because uh, Liverpool actually won all their games in December, but it was towards the end of December that Ole Gunnar came in, and you know they've they've um, they've done 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 quite well. They're still in the in the FA Cup. They're they're in the in the Champions League, and they're they're in the uh, in the hunt for top four in the in the Premier League, so um, they're back in the equation. I mean, you, you look at uh, contrasting stories here. You have Olegana Solskjaer who steps in and you know takes Man United off to this winning streak because United clearly needed a new coach. And now you have Chelsea who Higuain comes in and Chelsea clearly needed a new striker yeah. and he's off to a flying start. What, what I'm happy about... And with, it's, with it's quite Higuain. an interesting picture that, you know, with those two teams where you've got one guy who's on loan, the coach is not there, we, you know, his uh, future is uncertain. I saw Hazard so, smiling. I saw Hazard yeah. smiling because there was this move where, you know, him and Higuain just seemed to have hit it up almost like how at a point he had this yeah. connection with... With uh, Giroud when Giroud came on, came on, and I think that you know this will be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks, just how those two flourish. And, and that's why I say it's interesting because surely now, because remember Higuain is here on loan, yeah, and Solskjaer is essentially still a caretaker. So you you wonder if you know if those two teams are serious going forward, if they're going to give either of those guys a permanent deals. I will give. I will give Ole Gunnar. I will give Ole the job I mean, permanently. I think he's Higuain gonna... has forty goals in forty five games now for Sarri. Well, I mean. He... We said something about Sari always wanting to go back to, to his kind of players. And we've seen with Jorginho, uh, Sari struggles to defend him all the time. And yeah, maybe 
Higuain might just be his uh, saving grace because Chelsea went from losing 4-0 one week and, and winning five the five, next. You know, so uh, that says something about... So Higuain. give me your top four prediction right now. Obviously, the second, I, you, uh, I think, Man City I first. I think Liverpool... Second, uh, Liverpool Man, second. Li- no, Liverpool, <laughs> Man City, Tottenham and Arsenal. I think Man United. Arsenal. Man United, yes. wow. Arsenal, I was hoping for, but I think something yesterday, sorry, in that game against, against, uh, 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 sorry, City. Mm. You know, I just saw this, you know, a team that still needs a little bit more steel. You know, for me, th- that game against City, you know, the, the top four for me, to be honest with you, I have it exactly that way, except I think, you know, Higuain swayed my opinion. Now, I think Chelsea will get that fourth spot. Uh, you know, as for Arsenal, you know, being an Arsenal fan, I really want Arsenal to get there. But I just couldn't help think when I looked at that team and I'm looking at the fact that, you know, let's not forget Una Emery is a new coach, right, coming into Arsenal. And I'm thinking to myself, in terms of his investments, on the squad that he has there, there's about like 50-something million, yeah. right, um, net spend, right? I mean, and, got, I'm, and I'm looking at Man City, there's got, some 500 and something million. I looked at United a week yeah. ago, there was another 400 million. And you're looking at Liverpool, there's another 200 and something million plus. Pochettino's coaching arguably... Um, uh, you know, um, one of those teams that a, a coach luckily runs into once yeah, every generation. Like when Harry Red, Redknapp ran into Bale, he had a once-in-a-generation player and it did well. And Pochettino's run into a once-in-a-generation uh, good uh, team and that's why he's doing well. And I looked at sorry, um, sorry, sorry uh, Emery and I thought to myself, you know what, based on those um, facts that I've given you, based on that evidence, I see, you know, going to be Mission Impossible for Arsenal to get into the top four on Emery's 50 million plus uh, net spend budget on players that he has versus Man City that are on 500 million and so forth. So I actually have that top four, you know, with Chelsea sneaking into that fourth spot over United. But now let's move to something else because, of course, uh, the game of all games uh, in world football, uh, El Clasico is coming up and we have three in less than a month. How's that? Uh, talk about can't get enough of um, El Clasico. And there's also news, uh, you know, Messi might not make the first game on the, the Copa del Rey because of a thigh injury. And of course, we saw the heroics that he did over the weekend uh, pulling Barca level when they were down 2-0 to Valencia. And, you know, the classical, obviously the first one, um, <laughs> Madrid were, you know, really taken off the park. And one could argue the absence of Ronaldo had an impact, you know, in that game. And, you know, now Real Madrid seems to have found new life. They second wind. I think they've won uh, four or five games in a row now. So it seems like, you know, they've turned the corner. But now they've turned the corner and around the corner, boom, they run into Barcelona. And it's going to be interesting for Solari because, you know, really the Champions League, I think this year without Ronaldo is going to be a stretch for them. And I'm sorry, no team is winning the same competition at that level four times in a row. So they can forget about that. So really, it is the Copa del Rey or nothing for Real Madrid. And it's unfortunate that they run into Barcelona. Um, this this time, the El Clasico, you know, it's just, just going to be uh, probably another one of those one-sided things there because Real have been the most inconsistent I've seen them in but the they're on form recently I mean well what happens usually when they're on this form is that they end up uh, they don't want to meet 
Barcelona almost immediately. Uh, and sorry to interrupt. I, I think they've got a run of games where they have Atletico Madrid. Yeah, they have Barcelona. They have a very the Champions League. League. Oh, in like six games, they they've play, got. A, they play Ajax back to back. Yeah. I mean, the, the coach's uh, future is going to be determined after those games because... I think it was uh, determined <laughs> a while ago. They're going to play Barcelona, no way they're gonna play Barcelona in the Copa del Rey, I think, twice. Yeah, and, and then the league And then play again. them in the league again. And then they play Ajax twice and they play Atletico Madrid. No, nobody wants that kind of uh, running. You know, so we, we, we will see um, what happens uh, after that, I mean, it's similar to Manchester United as well. Manchester United now has to go up against. Also, have that crazy against, run of games. Uh, Liverpool, PSG twice, and, uh, Chelsea, and then Arsenal and, and that yeah, mix Chelsea, somewhere. I think somewhere in the mix. So, um, but it's the kind of one that you, you know, as a manager, when you go through it, the reason Liverpool are where they are today is they had that kind of fixture list. Remember? And they survived. Don't Remember, they? and they survived it. So mm. when they survived, they were looking like they haven't lost after playing those teams. You know, they did have those blips where they lost in the Champions League and people were thinking, okay, maybe it was a fluke, but you saw them go through all the way. Uh, so with, with Real Madrid, I'm, I'm really worried for them because I think that um, something is just missing, not just Ronaldo, but I think from a coaching point of view, they, they, they seem to be... That Venetia's kid is looking good, the Brazilian. He's a good player. Wonder kid. He's looking like he could put in a, a good some player. good performances. You know, in the next couple of games. But now, obviously, um, Messi is a big talking point. He might not be at that game. Do you think he's going to be a big miss? I don't think so. I think Barcelona can, can, can cope without him in, in one game. I mean, they haven't. <laughs> what was the score? Was it 5 0 there at the camp now, the first game yeah. of the Liga without Messi? Without Messi. So, uh, you know, they still have, they have enough quality in that team to. to I still think that, you know, uh, an El Clasico really demands, you know, a headline player. And look, I know Luis Suarez is still there, but I mean, to have an El Clasico, already there's no Ronaldo, then to not have Messi, you know, even the 5-0, you know, it still missed something. I don't know. I, I couldn't put my finger to it, but it still missed something. And it was either Messi or Ronaldo not being there. Listen... It was 5 0, but it still how didn't do get you, that, how that do you, adulation got, of, of a 5 0. We've gotten used to the classical being about those two. So to actually watch an classical without the two of them, it felt a bit awkward. It was uh, weird. Yeah. So um, it was like, you know, when your parents go on holiday and they leave your older brother to look after you guys, and it's like, well, you're not mom, you're not dad. You know, it just had that weird sort of vibe about that's it. That's a crazy example. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand. Yeah. So, where do you see this tie um, ending up? I mean, um, like I said, this is really huge for Real Madrid because I, I, I actually don't see them anywhere. I will in the go league. with Barcelona. I think that I think they they've just hit that that level of um, consistency that that mm. um, I think they'll take out out Real. I think it's going to be a tight one. You know, I think it it will probably go down to penalties. I'll probably see like a two two draw. On either leg, over two legs, and I, I, I think, I think it goes down to penalties. Over two legs, and over two legs Barcelona will, will. Sergio Ramos scoring the winning penalty. <laughs> That's the way I see it. Because I mean, I think at this stage of the season, uh, both teams now, you know, they sort of can see where about, the seasons it, are going to. It's about time we, we, we retired Sergio Ramos. <laughs> oh no, Sergio Ramos uh, still has a, a lot left in him, and I'm sure Liverpool fans really, really cannot wait for him to retire. No, no, no. I, I, I like I like Sergio, and I and I and I like his. Uh, his mentality, you know, he goes into every game like it's uh, it's a word. Unfortunately, he had to do that to to Salah, but <laughs> um, that's who he is. He's 
every game for him. Do you really think Liverpool would have won that final if Salah was playing? I think so. I think that that uh, Real Madrid were really scared. And if Liverpool have scored... I mean, they, they're just taking Bayern out. They're taking nah, Juventus when, out. Why, why would they be afraid of Salah? When they go to 1-1, I, you know... They went to 1-1 when Salah left the field. When Salah left the field, but when they went to 1-1... You know, the problem with Liverpool was just simply they didn't have enough, you know, remember, they're pretty much like how how they're almost getting this season where they had a lot of injuries. Emre Chan and Lalana had to be rushed in from injury. So um, they didn't have so much of the same kind of competitive edge that they had through the entire season. So if if not, I think that uh, last season they had everything in their tank to try and win that game. But unfortunately for them... uh, Gareth Bale came off the bench and and did them in, and then no, no, you know, no, no. was Car- still Carius was still on the field, was and gave yeah, them. I was the, coming back to that. Was still, I think, <laughs> I think, um, unfortunately for them as well, with with Carius uh, performing the way he he or not not performing well, you know, giving away those those chances, um, quite unfortunate. But um, the fact that they are doing well in the league says the kind of progress that that, that, that they've they've had on that club, and maybe. Something happens this season and they get back into the Champions League finals, who knows? Oh, well, we'll see. And hey, there's another big game. Nigeria under 20 versus South Africa under 20. Please, I, I, give, I, yeah. give, give me your thoughts because I, I watched the, the first game against Niger and, you know, I thought I thought the boys... I, look, that crowd was... Yeah, it was wow. I, I could not believe that was an under-20 crowd <laughs> that fri- I was watching. It was frightening. It and was the, and the, and unbelievable. The and the pitch wasn't... wasn't no, the, exactly the pitch was not like conducive best. to good football. But, but you know what I was impressed about with the South African team is how they found that equalizer yeah. in that game. I was impressed with the steel that they showed they playing should. against the host nation yeah, in that... That hostile environment. I mean, they had like, I, I could be wrong, but I'm just going to estimate. They must have had a thousand soldiers in the stands yes. doing all sorts of war That's, cries. That, game that was, must have been intimidating for these 20 year olds. That crowd was. And they was, held their own and actually yeah. should have won it right in the end. Yeah, they, and of they course, well. they play Nigeria today. Which is going to be interesting because they are the seven-time champions of this tournament. Yeah, Nigeria, Why is it Nigeria like seven-time champions in every tournament? That because what because, is going on? Because they, they, Nigeria has a good system, especially with the with the youth structures. Um, because I think the women seven-time champion in the women. Nine. There's a nine, nine. Yeah, in in, in the beginning, uh, Nigeria took this pretty seriously because we had a, a fantastic youth structure, which. Um, we used to have this youth sports federation, so they had this yeah. youth competition, and the players used to go play. Not diaspora funds were. No, no, no. They, they, the, the team, the players, <laughs> bundled the two. The players used Help to go, players used to go play in in uh, Gotia Cup in Sweden, mm. Ghana Cup, the Dallas Cup. So the, a lot of those players, before they even get to play for the national team at youth level, they've already got international experience. Mm. So um, what has happened? Then is that you know they won and won and for for there was a time when the under twenties were the most successful team in Nigeria. They went to the World Cup more times. Mm. Under seventeen won the under seventeen World Cup a few more times. So um, there were always questions about you know were the players that age or not. But the thing is that when you look at how many of always them are, questions. Boy. Yes, I, know. I mean I was googling over Femi Martins randomly the other day. The guy's thirty four years old. Can you yeah. believe it? No, but the guy scored. The guy scored. You know Inter Milan beat Arsenal at Highbury. Andy van der Meijer and Obafemi Martin scored. I can't remember who scored you know, the other goal. You know what? Obafemi. And I Googled the other you know, day, the you know guys what, 34 you know, years you know, what, so. you know what? That season, Obafemi Martin didn't even have a senior contract. He was in the Primavera team. They had injuries to Crespo and uh, forgotten who else was, was there. And the coach went to the junior team and said, you know, he was going, there were two of them. He was talking about one guy called Isiaka or Eliaku. Mm. And I still remember 
uh, when I was publisher of Kickoff, we, we ran a story on Obafemi Martins and Nigerian FA signed him up. And then I got accused that I, I because Obafemi Martins, they couldn't get hold of him. And I, and I was always doing interviews with him. And they were only like, you know, how come nobody was able, were able to get to him? And I said to them, the boy doesn't even have a senior contract. So the fact that he's playing for the senior team and scoring, you bring him to play for Nigeria, playing in Africa, he breaks his leg. And that's the end of him, you know. So I said, mm. even I told him, look, wait until you have your senior contract. So it was after that Champions League performance that the, the club offered him a senior contract. Then he came and played for the, the senior team and was scoring some goals. So, um, we know, we, you know, there, yes, there are some who are who might be over, um, over age, but there are so many of them that... Some? Look, I'm telling you, a lot of, a lot of them... John, John B. Mikel is still playing today. He was yeah. in the, on the 20s in, in 2005 with Messi. He's still yeah. playing. So a, a lot of them, there are a lot of them who have gone on... Akbei was in the under 20s. Mm. So a lot of them have gone through that that um, structure. Ihanacho actually has been in the Nigerian under 13 team in 2010. So, I mean, if you see the pictures, he was a kid. This, mm. So this, so they, they have some some things where, they, where they've gotten right. And this is one area where they seem to be to be doing well and they brought in this coach now who's uh, a Nigerian but also came from the UK and he's gone for players some of them out of the the league from academies and so on and mm. so forth so um I didn't watch the game where where they won uh, their, their first game but I I, I think that uh, Nigeria South Africa games always I mean this is the, I think this is the fourth Nigeria South Africa game in the last like six months yes you know, so, so those I'm, can I'm, never turn the TV I'm enjoying, on. Those I'm enjoying on. the the rivalry. I mean, we have it here every Monday. <laughs> yes, I, no, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the 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 you know football rivalry between Nigeria and South Africa. In the past, it used to be yes. Nigeria blowing South Africa out of the park, but now no, it's really revived it because I mean, if yeah. you look at in the context of African football, I mean, we we, we haven't had you know, a, a real international rivalry that we can talk about. I mean, Brazil, Argentina have been going on oh, for we, years. Oh, in Africa, we do have, and we do have Nigeria, Cameroon, we played in the, in the AFCON finals four times and Nigeria has lost all. We've, oh. we've, we have with Ghana, we have, we have with Algeria. Kind of fall, have we have with Algeria. Walk since, up, walk since 2010, Walk up qualifiers. Off, we've had qualifiers where Tunisia, Tunisia beat us in 77 to qualify. The next time was Nigeria beating them. Next ago? time it was Tunisia beating them. I'm talking about re, re, recent history. Recent history. Right? I'm, I'm saying history, that... Right? Nigeria, South Africa, for Nigeria, me, Nigeria, South Africa, in yes. terms of, you know... Uh, international football in the continent right yeah. in terms of just the clashes i mean i think they've probably played the most out of all the now, other yes. teams now right? in the last few so, years and you've had the moment. women's now you have the under 20s i think this is an interesting mix and, interesting. you know the other good thing is that you know these are the sort of plays i mean the olympics are when next year right so you then start looking and thinking hey you know these are some, some of, the of them might be, be there. I, what i like about the under 20s is that any player who is good at that level has a better chance you know that he's close to mm. to making it uh, I mean Ian Nacho was at Man City at yeah, 17 years exactly. old I mean you could be looking at somebody and, and uh, Wilfred Ndidi was also in that yes. in that team the, that junior team with uh, with, with Kaleti and uh, Isaac Success yes you know, Success as well they've done uh, well now, at so. Watford Watford yes they've mm. done well uh, to go to I mean you look at the England under 20s um, they won the World Cup they had a lot of those young players um, that guy who was at uh, Dortmund Sancho was in the under 17 mm. team that won so um, Odoi uh, some of those kids were yeah. part of the, the the youth setup. Uh, we have been lucky as well. Uh, a lot of the we have a lot to choose. The Eng players in England have to choose between Nigeria and, and England. We had yeah. we've been lucky with Victor Moses choosing Nigeria. Uh, Tammy Abrams chose England. Um, 
Um, what's his name now? Ross Barkley could have played for Nigeria, but he played for England. Yeah, because he was uh, born in Lagos. Right? No, he wasn't born in Lagos, but his well, father, his father his was Nigerian. Father, his father, yeah. Um, I mean, we've got uh, Jordan Ibe, uh, chose England. We have uh, Solanke. And he chose England and he's never really... Yeah, yeah. and funny enough, the, from the moment he chose England over Nigeria, his career knows that, yeah. which is very weird. <laughs> uh, some guy said, said it's probably the courses from, <laughs> from Africa. And, <coughs> sorry, and then of course, the key that Everton, uh, Ademola Lukman, uh, was an England team that won the World Cup. He's yeah, also, he eli- he's also eligible for Nigeria. And there's another guy called Ola Aina, who's a Chelsea player, um, made the Nigerian squad to the, the World Cup. And Ola... He will be as well. Was got, there, he yeah, will yeah, be had he, that decision as well. He, he will be had the, England the decision because he, Nigeria. he grew up in England. And then, of course, uh, Ola Aino's younger brother mm. is also at Chelsea and he's saying, you know, maybe he wants to play for Nigeria. So, um, it's interesting. David Alaba could have played for Nigeria as well. Yes. Um, his father is Nigerian mm. as well. And... Uh, so many of them. I mean, Leon Balogun, I convinced him to play for Nigeria because he had played Germany on that under 17 and on mm. under 20. Uh, and now he's, it's, it's worked out well for him because playing for Nigeria helped him with his move to Mainz from uh, Darmstadt and then he's moved now to, to Brighton after the World mm. Cup. So, um, interesting. No, I mean, that's good for African football that they can still rope in their talents. I mean, we just saw... Uh, Senate, what was it? Algeria, Senegal, Algeria, DR Congo Algeria, the win the World team. Cup last the year in France, yeah. and with with a few <laughs> French players. So Se- Senegal, <laughs> Senegal, no, but Mali, even, uh, but DR now, Congo won even, the World Cup even, even with, now, with, with even, some. Well, what was that quote with Sir Alex Ferguson about Zidane? I, give me Zidane and ten pieces of wood, and I win the Champions League. So that, even, that's what Deschamps did. Even, give me, you know, just the middle of Africa, west, you, even now, east, and ten pieces of even, wood from even, somewhere in France. Even now, we'll even now, if you, if you look at the African, um, sorry, the Algerian national team, they, they have about nine players who were born in France. Yeah. You know, and Zidane could have played for France. In fact, there was actually Zidane in the Algerian squad in in '82. Yeah. So uh, if you go to Marseille, let's say Marseille is like a it's like a mini Algeria in in uh, in France. Just like if you, I mean, Mbappe could have played for either Algeria. His mom is Algerian. His father is Cameroonian. Mm. Uh, if you go to Houston, there's a massive. I mean, that's why a lot of you know the black players who end up in the US team are Nigerian born. Uh, London, of course. You know, not just, not just London. There's certain areas in London that's got a lot of them. Southeast. Crystal Palace. Around yeah. where you have Crystal Palace, Croydon, that whole area. Yeah, that whole southeast region. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how we're going to wrap it up this week, episode 24. Um, we should have uh, Loazi back next week. Although, that's also, you know, bear in mind that Man United don't lose because he tends to pull the runner every time. You yeah, know, he runs so. away. I mean, and. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we need to keep that in mind. But uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll be back next week with some more news information you name it results and liverpool still on top well they have a point gap you know over city or was it two points over city five points five points okay whatever it is (laughs) thank you for joining us we'll see you again next week all right cheers